Welcome to the Connect Hope Podcast, a podcast to encourage pastors and ministry leaders who are striving to make Jesus famous. Hey everybody, this is Gene Jennings. I'm with Chuck Gordon. You're at the Connect Hope Podcast. We're glad that you joined us today. And today we're going to be talking about staff care, how we take care of our pastors and our church staff. And uh, we talked about healthy staff culture previously, but they were, were coming back to this idea of staff care. So Chuck, uh, kind of tell us what's on your mind today and what we're going to be talking about. Fire them, Gene. Just fire every one of them. I think if they're not uh, measuring up, just get rid of them. Just do it by yourself. That's what we No, Okay. Maybe that's not a, the best approach. That, but... I think that probably happened in the past more than we'd like to know. Yeah, probably too much. Um, yeah, man, I, I know thinking about this, I, I think uh, many of us, uh, those who are listening, and, and I know Gene and I both have been in situations where you've been in healthy cultures where staff are cared for, and you've been in other situations where uh, you kind of feel if you're not the lead dog, maybe you're overlooked, even as the lead dog, mm. kind of uh, that you are just a part of the machine. And unfortunately, that, that's tragic and it, no church should be that way, but we can find ourselves in that situation. And I also I've seen in there, a lot of different churches, I've seen a lot of turnover in some churches. And I've seen other churches have staff that are resilient. You almost have to kick them out because they don't want to leave right. because there is such an incredible staff culture, staff care. And so that really is kind of the heartbeat behind today is how do we build that? Again, another part of building a healthy culture is taking care of the staff that are there that God's provided. Yeah. So. So in your mind, what would be if you had to nail down two or three keys to a healthy staff culture? Um, not to repeat what we've already talked about in previous podcasts, but what are the two or three things that you think are just essential to having a, a good, healthy staff? Well, Gene, I have 39 and oh. I'm going to list the No, <laughs> no, I, I'm glad I don't have 39. No, that, that is great. I, I guess one of the an initial keys that comes to mind is, is one is see, uh, you've got, we've got to see every servant uh, as a servant of Christ and they're a soul who Christ values, you know, see each team member. And so often the, the healthiest cultures I've found are where you know, using that that phrase, the right seat on the bus, it, it's where is you have that add that team member, it, you recognize God has gifted them so incredibly, and maybe they were hired for something initially, but maybe it's not so much. You've got to get rid of them, get somebody else in. But what if we find out how they are better suited? Um, they can they can work better with the team and, and complement the team. Um, so valuing each each team member uh, individually as a as soul as a servant of Christ, and and how can we make them all the more effective for Jesus fame. Um, that's just one of the initial one that comes to mind. I like um, that um, because we are guilty of, I guess, treating our staff as soldiers and just constantly going to battle as servants of Christ. But we forget that they are our brothers and sisters in Christ and they need care as much as they need to care for others. And I've, that, I'm sure that is abused at times where we just push, push, push and forget that they're sensitive souls like those that we're trying to minister to in our churches. No doubt. And, mm -hmm. and, and it's also with that is treating them individual, but I also see Gene, the man, the significance of um, making sure each staff member has a personal life and that we value their personal life. 
uh, it uh, seen as I'm sure you have, and I've seen so many marriages just dissolve and fall apart. Uh, probably more ministers are in counseling or need to be in counseling with their spouse uh, than are because and the church can be a machine and will eat them up. Yeah. And so it, it's realizing they need a personal life and they need life with their family. And we need to value that treasure that um, that's again, another, another principle. Right. How, how about with you? What are some other things going down the list of, of values there that have ways to, to care for staff? Yeah. I like what you, what you said. And, and I would kind of add to that, you know, just reminding ourselves and our staff that it's, it's a marathon, not a sprint. And I'm afraid that sometimes we get in sprint mode and that's where we need to burn out and people checking out people, even unfortunately giving up on church. I even had a conversation this morning about someone that had been very involved in churches in the past Mm -hmm. and they got involved in a couple of church splits. And although they're still followers of Christ, they're not members of a church. Mm -hmm. Um, And unfortunately that's the story we hear way too often. So it's just that idea of um, making sure that we, uh, understand this is a long, this is a long, long journey. I mean, until our last breath, we're modeling Christ, we're representing Christ, and it's just not something uh, we can do in sprint mode. We've got to find that place where we throttle back. Now, there are times when you throttle yeah. up yeah. and go into high gear, but there's also times we got to bring it back down yeah. and get into marathon mode and not sprint mode. Those those marathons, I mean that those sprints are are seasons. They're not a lifestyle. That's those are seasons in the church. They're just kind of uh, maybe Christmas Easter kind of thing. I would assume. Right. Okay. Yep. How about you? Kind of even kind of uh, bolting that or tightening up on on some specifics. What about uh, like days off a week? I, you know, I know used to be and you work Monday through Friday and you're here Sunday, um, and often there are Saturday events. What how does it, uh, how do you see that? What do you see happening as, as being healthy? Maybe where you're serving with True North, maybe other churches. Right. Um, yeah, I feel like, at least in my relationships, I feel like churches are better at taking care of their pastors and, re- and understanding their need for time off. Um, although I know of people today and I've heard of people in the past where uh, their church is considered, you know, they, they thought the Sunday was the day off for the pastor too, even though he preached, you know, one or two or three sermons. Uh, but Sunday was supposedly a day off, even though he was expected to be there. So that's kind of ridiculous. I never understood that. Um, but I, I feel like at least in the current relationships I have, most uh, pastors anyway tend to have, you know, they, they tend to get Fridays and Saturdays and their, their work week is Sunday to Thursday. Um, that's what I've been doing for, for many years um, in my experiences. Um, of course, there's always weddings on Saturdays, you know, and yeah. things like that. There's always special events. But as a rule, um, uh, you know, most folks that I know are working five and off two because we know we never really truly off. However, having said that, I know uh, there are a lot of pastors out there who are just getting one day off if that, especially these church planters, these guys that really are doing it by themselves. Those guys are 24 seven. I know I've been there. You've been there. Yep. There's yep. really no off day. Yep. Um, there's flexibility. So yep. if you need to take off or go do something or run some personal business, you know, we have that flexibility since we're kind of an entrepreneur and a yep. one man band at that point. Uh, but when you have a church of some size and uh, staff size um, where people can cover for you and that kind of thing, um, I feel like uh, we're in a better position to, to be more mm. consistent 
with our time off. Um, what about now? Right now, I do Friday and Saturday off. Yep. Um, but uh, previous church, we got Monday off. Hmm. I hated Monday off. No doubt. <laughs> and what what days of the week do you typically take off? Yeah, or did you? It would be Friday, Saturday. But but uh, the challenge um, there would I would see with the Monday is basically kind of say I've I've heard it said you kind of you're wiped out right after Sunday, and so Monday you get to go home to your your spouse and your family, if they're not working and say, here, I have nothing to give you. I'm home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so that would, to me, would be the the drawback of Mondays, I would assume. Yeah. And I guess I from? should say for those, and I, I don't preach on a regular basis on Sunday morning, but for those that do, you know, yeah. Friday and Saturday, you're, you know, we're working on messages. We're getting it in our head and in our heart. And so really even Friday and Saturday, if you're preaching on Sunday morning, you're working and you're not at the office. Gene, I, I, I thought most pastors kind of come in like the Andy Griffith pastor that, that came in town what was his name He's i don't one. know but that's the most ridiculous thing most episode he he was a famous author this famous pastor from new york city and and they opened up showing the choir singing right there in andy griffith and mayberry and they're singing the hymn and the, the home pastor introduces this celebrity pastor from new york city and the celebrity pastor steps up the podium and he goes as i was listening to this congregation sing this hymn i thought to myself what shall I say to these good people? <laughs> Dude, you didn't prepare. You're from New York City. You had plenty of time to prepare for Mayberry. New York City. Well, that's what all pastors do. You just walk up on platform and just kind of figure out what Holy you're saying. Holy Spirit, is. baby. Holy Spirit. Exactly. Figure out. That's a whole nother <laughs> podcast. <laughs> we'll definitely be hitting on that one. Yeah. They're also but, called Saturday Night Specials, yeah, right? Exactly. Well, well, uh, and, and I know that's true, though I know I'm sure many uh pastors out there prepare their messages and have them buttoned up you know tuesday or wednesday and and uh if not before then and they don't even look at them until sunday morning uh i have yet to meet that pastor That's a uh, every, everybody i know uh is still maybe friday or saturday doing some final buttoning up final clarification even if they have it pretty well together they're still going through it and and then because it's and once Sunday comes and that sermon's preached. Well, Sunday's coming again. You know, it's next yep. week. So it's, it's, you're always on. So with that, with that, do you think uh, for yeah. those that, that speak every Sunday morning and maybe for the three listeners that are hearing this today, uh, maybe we can get some feedback. It'd be interesting to know how many of them maybe they do like taking Monday yeah. off since they really are kind of yeah. working over the weekend for Sunday morning and Monday's kind of their down day. For me, I didn't like that because it broke up. Uh, I didn't have two days back to back off like with yep. Friday, Saturday. And we used to go to the lake a lot and go boating and skiing. And, you know, I like going to the lake Friday and Saturday. But when you do Monday and Saturday off, then you can't really do any kind of weekend trips or outings and that kind of thing. Not to mention my wife worked on Monday. Yeah. So that kind of take, takes the wind out of the sails on that. <clears throat> well, you know what I did on those Mondays? <clears throat> what did you do on those Mondays, Gene? I, I have a feeling you're about to tell us. <laughs> I went to Winn-Dixie. I was the grocery shopper. <laughs> And I knew the manager of Winn-Dixie, and they, hey, Rev, how you doing today? And everybody at Winn-Dixie knew me because I was there every Monday morning grocery shopping. Well, we know what he was doing. And, and this apparently is a while back because I haven't seen a Winn-Dixie. And... <laughs> <No. laughs> so, no, that's all good. We all we all have those routines. And, and to me, I'd love, yeah, I would absolutely love to hear what some of the routines that, again, work well and are healthy, not just for lead pastor, but for the rest of the staff. I almost want to look at kind of what are some things that can be uh, destructive if they're not head up. I kind of look at it both ways. I, I see um, one like being deadlines for lead staff. 
Um, and this, this is healthy for, for lead staff, whether it be senior pastor or other staff, um, but also for those that are working for them. And you know what I mean by that? Just yeah. kind of what, what are, you know, if we don't have deadlines, we're going to cause everybody else that we're working with to follow our, uh, basically our chaos. And they're going to have to surrender to it. I heard of many uh, pastors that, um, again, they're they're working until the moment. And I have done it. And so I, I claim mm-hmm. it. I have done it where I'm sending the email, the notes, like a few minutes before I get up on platform. Yeah. I've been there, done that. Um, but it makes everybody else have to live in our scramble mode. Yeah, and it's because you're doing that Friday, Saturday tweaking of the message or maybe even writing yeah. the whole message. Yeah. And all of a sudden, Saturday at 530 in the afternoon, you had this great idea. Exactly. But you need the graphic designer or whoever is um, involved in that, you know, to, to be to be helping you with changes. So that's a hard one. That's really a hard one because uh, because we do want to be obedient to the Holy Spirit. And those that are speaking yep. on Sunday morning, you know, if, if God inspires you yep. with something to say Saturday morning, um, you know, you want to be sure to include that. But at the same time, you want to be careful not to abuse your staff yep. who, you know, who you are, you are asking them to work on their day off on that Saturday or what have you. Um, I remember I was out at Saddleback uh, at a conference several years ago, and uh, they were sharing with us how uh, it was a Saturday morning. I want to say it was Easter, but I'm not positive, but it was a Saturday morning, and Rick Warren called his executive pastor and said, hey, um, I'd like to have a cross at every campus where people, I think they were writing their sins and nailing the cross. You know, we've seen that done. And this is like Saturday morning. I, I want to remember, I think they had 24 different campuses at that time. So they had to build 24 crosses in 24 hours. And he told us the whole scenario. And I'm just sitting there sick to my stomach listening to this story. <laughs> thinking, oh, I hope my pastor doesn't do this to me one day. Um, but he, he, he talked about how everybody did it. Everybody pitched in. But, he all, but the main point was Rick Warren, that was very unusual hmm. that Rick did not do that often. But when he did do it, they jumped in, they were obedient, they did a great job and all that. But he, the part of the point of his story was that you can do that, but you got to have coupons. You know, you got you have, have to have some coupons <laughs> of your staff who are willing to step up and do that on a Saturday afternoon when it was totally spontaneous and unplanned. So obviously you can't do that on a regular basis. You're just going to wear your yep. people out. You're going to lose your staff yep. is what's going to happen. Um, so when you do do it, you need to do it sparingly i guess no doubt that's mm-hmm. a huge i i again have known several staff that and are, are still kind of living in this state where uh, they know one they don't have a consistent uh friday saturday off uh, but also they never know when they're going to get that project and and what even though they were told this item is done and we're good they know they could get a call on friday or saturday and they're gonna have to come back in because there's not a consistency of looking out for those staff. Mm-hmm. And those usually are the staff that are going to be leaving before long. And and seen many churches, it's kind of seemed like a, a revolving door because you see that they don't they don't recognize this system is not healthy. We're going to burn out staff. And it's not a matter of well, they got to adjust to what the lead staff want to do. No, it's a matter of the lead staff need to realize this is unhealthy mm-hmm. to expect anybody to do this. Would they do this? I, I don't I doubt it. Um, so yeah, that's a tough one. That's a tough one for leaders are to be obedient to the spirit, but also respectful of your staff. I mean, 
Um, and I've also heard people say, well, you know, I was, I said something about Saturday night specials earlier, you know, uh, yeah, the Holy Spirit speaks to us on Saturday night, but he can also talk to you on Tuesday morning before that Sunday, right? So, exactly. Um, so that's not easy. Well, another one kind of, so Gene, what have y'all had when, when there have been big events, um, such as, you know, it, it requires all staff, all hands on deck, that kind of thing, Mm -hmm. whether it be Christmas, Easter or some special event. What do y'all do afterwards after, I mean, everybody's up here, I would imagine it serving, you know, 24 seven or, or what it feels like. So how do y'all navigate that? What are, what are healthy ways you found to navigate that? Yeah. I mean, typically after an all hands on deck type of an event, and that's only with the exception of Christmas and Easter, we're talking, I want to say two or three times a year, maybe other events we do. Um, so at least here at True North, you know, we do try to, to give people comp time. Um, let them have some time off, you know, within a reasonable amount of time after the event, usually about 10 days or so. Um, but then now after, excuse me, after um, Easter, for example, uh, we always have an all staff kind of a fun day. We've been kayaking, bowling, um, putt, putt. Um, we've done a few crazy things uh, together, but always something fun, usually a half a day kind of thing, but it's all staff having a lot of fun together you know, playing some kind of game or activity, eating lunch, Very cool. um, just doing something fun together to celebrate, you know, how God uh, blessed us during that Easter okay. weekend and how they were, they allowed God to use them for that. Um, so, yeah, but it's mostly, mostly comp time and then just staff party time, basically. Okay. Mm-hmm. Do y'all ever do comp time kind of individually? Like, you know, one staff, even though they're all, all staff weren't there, you know, one staff's been working their tail off for extended amount of time. Do y'all, navigate that with yeah for sure yeah if we know somebody's been putting in extra work extra time for a certain event or project we definitely want to give them some extra time off and reward them okay how do you balance that with uh you've got staff that are going to again work it and and they're going to give it all because they love christ and they love the church but then you can't occasionally get those staff in that they might be up here some but but they might count when well, they drove on the church parking lot, blew their nose and they kind of, that is five hours of work. But you know, how do you balance that with, with kind of giving appropriate comp time so that people don't abuse it? Um, and, and is that just a case by case or a person by person kind of situation? Well, we don't, we don't typically um, award comp time in a group setting, unless we like Monday after Easter, you know, we just close the offices and everybody got that day gotcha. off. But um in most other cases, it's going to be a direct report sharing with his um, his report it's on a one to one basis. They can have some comp time. So uh, the guy that came on the campus and blew his nose, I know I know he didn't do enough to <laughs> deserve comp time, so he's not going to get it. Okay. Um, but the guy that busted his you know busted his behind to get the job done, he's going to get comp time okay. or she. Okay. No, that's that's good. Yeah. Is it, well, how about with in, I know um, kind of pulling it together. How about with staff, even kind of knowing how to appropriately care for them? Uh, how do you define job expectations where you can express to cat, you know, staff that they really have worked hard and and we want to value how to how to job expectations uh, being clearly defined tie in with that? Um, well, obviously, when they're first hired, we have um, we give them a job offer and we give them their job description which is pretty thorough, I think. Um, 
the most important part of that job description being the very last bullet point that says whatever the pastor deems necessary. <laughs> that's that's my concern that it leads to no Friday and Saturday off, you know, because of that, it, yeah. depending upon the staff. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, with the, with clarity at the beginning of the hire and the beginning of the experience and then with annual uh, evaluations, I feel like uh, we're able to, to keep people on track. Um, now, I've, I've been in other experiences at other churches where there was no annual evaluation. There were no job descriptions. Um, and I don't, I'd be interested to know, I don't know how many churches uh, staff today have annual evaluations. Some even do it more than once a year, I think. Okay. Um, so, um, but I think if, you know, if the expectations are clear from the beginning and then you're tracking that throughout the year with obviously regular conversations with your staff and then those annual evaluate evaluations, I feel like things pretty much stay within the guardrails and everybody knows what lane to, to be in. Yeah. Okay. That sounds good. Well, um, the, uh, I, I know that, uh, okay. I don't know what, what your hands being waved are. <laughs> Gina's waving at me right now, so those in the background. <laughs> I'm trying to tell him that this has been 20 minutes. <laughs> anyway. I'm going to get you a stopwatch. Get, get, yeah, I didn't have a timer over here. <laughs> anyway, well, man, we uh, I, I tell you what, we there's so much more we can talk about. I know we've been kind of rambling here, but we just see the, the high price of uh, the high gift and of having incredible staff. And, and um, what if we approach things differently to value them? Uh, could we see them spent more for Jesus fame? Could we see their longevity extended? And if we don't have staff that are fitting in the right position, maybe it's shifting seats on the bus that we need to consider, uh, or maybe they don't belong here because I know mm -hmm. there are appropriate times that, you know, someone, I, I have been in staff cultures where there's somebody that just kind of, everybody is disrupted by that person being there. And, and it's, not wrong to say you're not best here, right? You know, you're best somewhere else. We love you and we're going to send you off well. But anyway, um, that's maybe, a whole other talk know, as well. Yeah, gonna say maybe, <laughs> another, maybe a future uh, episode is more details on staff evaluations, different ways to do it, okay. how they're done. That's good. So maybe that'll be coming, coming up soon. Sounds good. All well, right. So we're ready to wrap it up, Chucky. We're wrapping up, man. So, thank you so much for being with us, man. We're so honored you spent time with us. And uh, we just hope you live it out for Jesus' fame. Amen. All right. Always good to spend time with you, Chuck. So let's go do it. God bless you. Thanks for listening today. If today's podcast hit home with you, we hope you'll share it with other ministry leaders. If there's any way we can be here for you, please contact us at connecthope.org. Until next time, let's make Jesus famous.